Welcome back, everybody. Um, I buy lots of acting books because I truly love acting. It's not me just saying it uh, for fun. I really do. And one of the books that I really enjoyed reading, and uh, I posted about it, you've seen, uh, you've seen that on our social media, is the book, The Resilient Actor. And now I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with somebody who are, we are so aligned on that you're going to see us agreeing very frequently for the remainder of the show, actress, writer, and coach, Deborah Wenger. Hi, it's great to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. I, I got your book, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, four or five months ago. I know it came out in August uh, 2019, so it's it's coming up to a year. And I really enjoyed it uh, because it's a very practical and needed approach uh, for actors specifically, but it's not just for actors. It's for anybody who wants to have a life that is balanced, that is cohesive, and that allows them to be successful in whatever endeavor that they choose to partake. So I really applaud you for writing it. I know your second book is out, the follow-up. Uh, do you want to show that to us? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm super excited. So yeah, I, The Resilient Actor has been out for a year or so, but I just finished The Second Labor, The Second Child, which is the, let's see if I can get it all in this frame, The Resilient sure. Actor's Workbook and Planner, which is uh, follow-up exercises and, um, well, we could talk about it, but, um, you know, yeah. it's, you know, but wait, there's more. This is the more. <laughs> yes. And we're going to link both of them below the video. Please, please, please go check them out. Um, I only encourage you to look at things that I truly believe in myself, and this is definitely one of them. So um, there, it's, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show. And as I started uh, reading it, as I started doing my research on you, I noticed one thing that I uh, apparently forgot uh, uh, the first time that I was reading the book, which is you're from Chicago, and that's where I am right now. That's my hometown. Chicagoland. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Where where in Chicago did you grow up? I grew up on the north side, Go Cubbies. And then yep. um when I was school age, we moved out to Wilmette. We moved yeah. out to the north suburbs because uh they, yeah. they needed we had, there were three of us and three kids in private school was just not gonna cut it. So we went out to the burbs. And I was yeah. I know Wilmette very well. Uh, I studied there at uh, ATC, uh, which is a wonderful school. Um, so Wilmette is, uh, I'm north of that. I'm in Vernon Hills. So oh, wow. I'm about, uh, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes, depending on traffic uh, for a moment. Yeah, I was right. I was in spinning distance of Northwestern. I was right on yeah. the Evanston-Wilmette border. So Yeah. Um, and I think you've, uh, I, I know that you went to Cincinnati uh, for the conservatory program, but uh, I remember seeing something about Northwestern on your profile. What uh, what ties do you have with Northwestern uh, acting program? When I, um, in high school, I was studying with a, a voice teacher who was in the opera department at Northwestern. So that's yeah. my, that was my connection. Okay. And I have a ton of friends who did the Cherubs program and then, and then yeah. went to the undergraduate program there. So I just needed it. to get a little further away from, from home. <laughs> I didn't want to run into my mom in the grocery store, you know? Yeah, well, Cincinnati is a nice distance, and it's not too far, and it's a beautiful place. Yeah, and it's it's a a very impressive program. So. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, back to Chicago for a second. Uh, I, I read uh, again, you know, in in your profiles and uh, research, uh, I read uh, you know the Cusacks and uh, and Jeremy Piven. Did you uh, cross paths with them at all? All the time. Um, my older brother was in their cohort. So he's the same okay. age as John and Jeremy and um, and Joni. Yeah, they all used to do theater. So I grew up watching them do improv and story theater and in their acting classes. And as you can imagine, I I was starstruck as a kid. Yep. You know, and I guess the you know everybody else is caught up now because they're they're huge stars and they're very successful. But you know, I was exposed to them. And uh, yeah, Jeremy Piven's parents ran a theater school four mm -hmm. kids. And um, so I started taking classes there and and that's where I really got the bug. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it, these are all of our Chicago idols. I, I love them. I love their movies. Uh, and, you know, there, there are still parts of their movies that are a part of our vernacular and we use them all the time to the point where, um, God, this can take us on a, on a, on a, you know, <laughs> 
somewhere, but you know, uh, Joni's line uh, uh, from, you know, is everybody gay? You know, that line <laughs> we still use to this day. Uh, it's so, so funny. Uh, I love it. Um, yeah, Kevin Klein uh, in that movie and pretty much every movie I've ever seen him in is, is amazing. And okay, we'll, we'll circle back. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, I'm with you. You, you've got the acting bug. Um, you went to Cincinnati, you, uh, you uh, studied in the conservatory program, you started working, and then you found yourself out of balance. Uh, you actually ended up leaving acting, uh, even though you were you know, successful at it uh, in, the, in the theater, musical theater, you left acting uh, to uh, quote unquote, find yourself and find your balance. What was the kind of straw that uh, that made you take that final step and saying, no, I really need to discover myself? I think I was hitting a dead end. I found myself depressed, overweight, mm -hmm. um, socially isolated, uh, broken out, uh, not wanting to do anything but watch TV and eat, um, mm -hmm. very disconnected. And... I, at the time, associated acting and my depression and my misery and all that. They were kind of all embroiled together. Mm -hmm. And I had the belief at the time that if I extracted myself as an actor and took that part away, that perhaps I could find some balance and um, find me. And I also wasn't really sure who I was if I wasn't an actor. That was yeah. such a huge part of my identity and my what I felt like the only way that I brought value to the world. Mm -hmm. And that if I wasn't acting, who cares? I, I wasn't good enough to just be me. So um, right or wrong, I needed to step away from that and kind of shore everything else up and find the balance in just, you know, who am I if I'm not an actor? Mm -hmm. um, what, what does that mean um, if I take that label away? And um, I, I'm learning, it was, it was a bumpy road, but. But um, I did learn a lot. So. Yeah, and uh, I, I think that detour took about ten years for you to uh, to finally choose to return back to acting, if I'm correct. That's exactly right. Yeah, I went back to school and I finished my undergraduate because I didn't finish the like Cincinnati mm -hmm. program. I left and and midway. Uh, so I finished my undergraduate degree. I got a just a liberal arts degree in sociology. So I just did everything but acting and uh, kind of realized, hey, I'm, you know, I can handle this academic thing. I'm, you know, I'm not so stupid or this. Um, and then I went into to LA thinking if I worked in Hollywood, that's a normal version of being creative. I don't know what I was thinking, but I'm like, I can have a more normal life. There's absolutely nothing normal about Hollywood. Um, but um, so I did that. I worked at a big, I arrived in LA and I got hired at a big talent agency and I worked there and kind of got shot out of that cannon for for several years. Yeah. So what made you uh and we'll come back to uh to kind of your identity in a minute because uh it's a very, you know, important part to talk about, but um what made you switch back into the acting mode? Well, after I got through the initial high of wow, I'm working in Hollywood and I'm meeting movie stars and I'm getting all these great gifts and going going to premieres and you know, once the the, the tinsel of Tinseltown kind of wore off. I yeah. realized I was working just as hard, mm -hmm. but for something that wasn't as rewarding. Um, I felt like I could have easily been selling rolls of toilet paper or canned soup. I was just happening to be selling actors. It uh, was just as competitive, just as grueling, but it, it didn't satisfy my soul. Yeah. And um, so I said, if I'm gonna work this hard, I might as well put that energy into my original love which, you know, what the thing that I wanted to do from when I was little, you know, I either wanted to be an animal trainer, um, you know, you know, in the circus or something, you know, or an actor. And that's what I wanted. And that maybe what I had originally wanted in my dream as a kid wasn't wrong. I just had to um, find my my strength and my resilience and my power as a person in addition to that. Yeah. Um it's it's interesting how you and I kind of came about uh, the same answer in two different paths. You started as an actor and you had that opportunity to kind of go through it only to discover that you're more than an actor uh, in order to complete yourself and to become a whole person. 
whereas I started thinking that I was going to be an actor and I acted when I was a kid and then we moved to the United States and I had to get, you know, kind of let that go. And I had to get a real job because, you know, my parents uh, in their 50s brought me here. They didn't bring me here so I can struggle. They brought me here so I could have a normal career and a, and a you know, stable life. So acting was not a part of that and I couldn't let that go. And it took me years of struggling uh, with my successes outside of it and not feeling whole. And I had to continue kind of uh, uh, finding myself and finding my fulfillment and finding my happiness. And that only happened when I admitted to myself that I am an actor. I'm going to continue doing this to whatever degree I can. So I am not only an actor, but that is my core and everything around that is uh, is there to support it. So it's... Yeah. Yes. It's it's same same uh, same or two sides of the same coin. It's, yeah, it's, then it's, you can be an actor, but that's not all you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Um, okay, and that technically brings us to the first part of your book, where you're saying to people, you are not only an actor, and it's an important part for them to know because if the only thing you know and your whole identity is that, uh, and your successes and failures are defined by this incredibly um, unforgiving industry in which most of the answers are no, then you're in trouble. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's that whole, don't put your eggs all in one basket and yeah. not just, you know, financially or with your livelihood, but just, but emotionally. And, you know, as I said, that I, finding your value and finding uh, dependence on other things, not just acting, because yes, there's going to be times where you're out of work. There's going to be times there, there's a global pandemic and all the theaters close and Hollywood shuts down. There's going to be times where, <clears throat> pardon me, that uh, that label is removed. And uh, do you, you know what's left? And uh, you know, do you have friends outside of acting that you can lean on when you're not in a show, you're not on a set, and you don't have those people around you? You know, they're off on tour somewhere else. Do you still have stability? Do you still have a life? without just being an actor, absolutely. Yeah, and I think a lot of people uh, unfortunately get into trouble where you know there's so much ingrained into that and if they don't have a job or they don't uh, have friends in the industry, that's it, that's failure. And that's, you know, what's the reason for living outside of that? And then some of them unfortunately end up um, committing suicide and, uh, and leaving this earth because of that, not recognizing that it's just them not being whole and in balance that you keep on referencing so often. It's it's sad. Um, and another reason why I'm so happy that the book is out, so it can show people that's not the only thing to focus on. You have to be a complete person. Yeah, thank you. And and you know, this is something I wish I had learned a long time ago, but we all have our road. But you know, I've 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 taught in the past. I've worked with a lot of educators. I'm in the, you know, I'm going to universities um, and, and talking to students. And this is something that was not traditionally taught. It's not taught in the conservatories. It's not taught in the BFA programs. Maybe now they're just starting to cover this, but how to have career longevity, how to be happy, how to surf the waves of unemployment and insecurity and rejection and all that, that just self-care. And it just it hasn't traditionally been covered, and I think it, there, it's a huge necessity how to be happy and healthy and, and sane in a challenging profession to do that. Yeah, and you know, dealing with the family aspect. Uh, you're, you're in a profession that requires uh, you know, travel at the drop of a hat. Uh, you're going to be portraying relationships on screen. You're going to be away. You're going to be here. You know, how do you deal with all of that stuff, plus the uncertainty, plus the money aspect? You know, all the things that my wife, I know, is really concerned with with me being an actor. And I don't know how to answer those questions. So these are things that they should be teaching actors or at least talking to them about uh, as a part of getting a fully formed individual out there ready to take on the world. I agree. <laughs> yeah, if we had the answers to all those questions, let's just go make a million dollars and be fine. But, but you know, yeah. that's what we're trying to figure out is... Um, helping people guide themselves and find those answers uh, for mm -hmm. themselves. Um, you know, how do you do have, how do you stay financially stable? How do you stay sane? How do you manage relationships? You know, how do you keep your dog fed? All those things. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, all right, so let's let's kind of uh, travel through your book and uh, and cover some aspects and uh, dive into them. Um, the next part that you talk about is uh, auditioning is your job, which is thankfully the first thing that I learned when I started uh, at ATC. As a matter of fact, that's that's one of the first things that they mentioned. Um, is auditioning is your job. It's not booking. It's auditioning, and that allowed the reference uh, and the proper framing of it. So, what uh, what has been your experience, and how did you come up with that for yourself? Well, just in the same way we talked a moment ago about redefining what success is. So, yeah. success is not just I'm a working actor, or I'm a working actor who's a series regular, or you know whatever that definition is. Mm -hmm. um, if you redefine what the job is. It, it helps a heck of a lot. I know I, when I was in my my lower points in the book, and that's the whole first chapter, if you want to hear how lousy my life was, that's the chapter, that's my vulnerable chapter one. Um, but when I was really at my low, I found that I couldn't get myself psyched up to go to auditions, or I didn't feel like it, or I didn't feel good enough, or, you know, feel, 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 feel. Um, and actors were so good with feelings, you know, mm -hmm. which is part of what makes us so you know good at our job. But that I had to say, okay, it's it's a job. It's not about whether you feel like it or not. And if you're an accountant, you don't go, do I feel like going in and balancing the the books today? You know, do I feel like crunching the numbers? Doesn't matter if you feel like it or not. It's your job. They're paying you to do it. Go do it. Mm -hmm. So it's the same way like auditioning's the job. Put your boots on. Put your you know put your big boy pants on and show up. Yeah, the and I, I know exactly what you mean, and not to uh, not to kind of pinpoint that, but for the naysayers, are going to respond with, "Well, the accountant is getting paid to go balance the books. Uh, you don't get paid for auditioning." Um, yes. So and you don't uh, get paid if you don't audition either, because you you can't. It's it's almost impossible to get the job without auditioning. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And it's it's so. Uh, what was refreshing for me to see is, I I'm lucky enough to speak to people who are uh, who've had 40 years uh, career uh, in uh, the entertainment industry as actors, and they have 137, 140 records, excuse me, uh, 140 uh, IMDb credits, and yet they still have to audition. Um, sometimes the uh, the phone rings, but most of the time they have to audition. So it doesn't matter you know, how well known you are, you're likely going to have to audition and better get used to that uh, part, and that's your job. It's a very short list of people who aren't actively pursuing stuff. I mean, even Meryl Streep's still looking mm -hmm. for work. She might have a team of agents and managers who are combing through scripts for her, but she's yeah. still taking meetings with directors. She's she's still hustling. Now it's at Meryl Streep level, but you know, after enough Oscars, they let you know they cut you some slack. But everybody is still thinking about that next job, that next that next gig. So there's very few people who can just sit by the pool and wait for the offers to come in. It's a very short list. It's It was um, refreshing again. I didn't have a chance to interview him yet. So Piers Brosnan, if you're listening, please come on down. <laughs> come uh, on, Piers. But, yeah, when, when I heard an interview with Piers and uh, the first thing that he said on Mamma Mia, um, uh, on the interview about Mamma Mia is, um, well, it's it's great. I got a chance to uh, to be at a job. You don't know when you're going to get one of those. I'm like, you're Piers Brosnan. Are you kidding me? Uh, and that's that's the reality. I don't think he's being facetious. I think that's you know how actors think. Yeah. One of the revelations I had working in Hollywood was um, something that I didn't. You know, you see a movie that's not that good, and you're like, didn't they know that that movie sucked when they made it? A lot of times yeah. they do know, but they've got alimony. They've got they've got two houses. They've got a publicist and an attorney and an agent. They got a lot of bills and they need to work. And so sometimes you do take stuff that's kind of crappy because you got to work. You got to eat. You still have bills. And that's okay. And again, it's all part of that uh, staying in balance that we talk about. Right. So let's uh, let's dive in there. Let's uh, let's talk about balance. Um, where I talk about alignment and the part where you know my my heart kind of lights up. When I hear you uh, or I read, you know, in your book talking about uh, how to build up your physical instrument, and the first three things or three main uh, aspects that you bring up uh, are, and then I'll I'll chime in with why uh, I'm, uh, my heart is soaring. 
Okay, so I to see exactly, but but sleep. Yep. Sleep, sleep, sleep is so important, yep. and uh, and we uh, we devalue that in in our culture. You yep. know, whoever sleeps the least is wins, right? I mean, people boast about I can get by in four hours of sleep. Um, or you know, but sleep is absolutely mm-hmm. vital for humans to survive. <laughs> Period. Mm-hmm. End of story. Uh, that's so many processes happen in our sleep. Our brain cleans itself out. We we grow, we regenerate, we synthesize all the things that happen. Sleep, 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 sleep. Yep. Uh, nutrition. Uh, you know, we are what we eat. And um, for me, I definitely learned, and I, I see this with my clients, that when you put crappy food in, you feel crappy. Yeah. And, you know, especially, you know, sugar and, and mega carbs um, just put you on the insulin roller coaster, the blood sugar roller coaster. And it's really hard to be a quality human being when you're not eating quality food. Mm-hmm. And then I have to see which, you know, I think, did I put water or exercise or exactly? Well, what did water I put? Would be, yeah, what water you put under nutrition. Uh, so drink, kind of, what exactly is my number three, but good quality water and enough of it. Yeah. Not, not, co- not Coke, not, um, not coffee. I love my coffee, but um, but water, 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 water. Um, our bodies are made of it. The planet's made of it. Uh, good quality filtered. Um, that's water, 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 water. This is what people see me drinking all the time. So for those, if you're wondering that this is uh, alcohol, no, it's it's just water. <laughs> I've got my uh, hydrogen water right here. I'm going to open this up. This is- nice. Uh, and the third one that uh, that you just mentioned is exercise. So, um, you know, while you're drinking, I'm going to I'm going to jump in there. So the reason why my heart kind of, uh, you know, jumped as soon as I saw that in your book is because in 2012, when I was stressed out and completely you know, out of shape and uh, just feeling unfulfilled and miser- miserable, I took a uh, break and I went on vacation with my family. And during vacation, something magical happened, which is the, you know, moment because you're on vacation you feel good but I started analyzing why is it that I feel so good when I'm on vacation and then through natural um, you know analytical skills that I uh, thankfully uh, have uh, I noticed that I was getting a ton more sleep so I wrote that down I said okay so sleep is one of those I noticed that I was being far more active uh, and I was not sitting at my desk as I as I did before that I was uh, running around. I was playing with my kids. I was swimming. I was, uh, you know, biking. I was playing tennis. I was a lot more active. So I wrote down activity. The third one for me was an interesting uh, factor because it was eating. You know, you hear that you're supposed to eat better. And if you eat better, you feel better. Uh, on a all-inclusive vacation, I ate like crap uh, <laughs> because you eat a lot more. You eat things that you're not supposed to be eating. And yet I still felt great. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. I need to investigate that. Uh, And then I kind of kept going through it. And when I uh, came home, I set out uh, to basically create something for myself as as a guide, a a mechanism that reminds me to do the things that make me feel good, uh, not two weeks or four weeks out of the year when I'm on vacation, but 50 weeks out of the year or 52 weeks out of the year when I am not on vacation. And that became something that became uh, my, you know, teaching, my coaching, my, you know, uh, kind of a book uh, after that, or one of the books in the series that came out. And it became something that's called the Seamless Method. Seamless is an acronym for the eight things that you're supposed to do. All the things we know we're supposed to do, but all the things we don't know how to do on a daily basis because we're too busy or don't care. So the S in seamless, the first one, guess what that stands for? Sleep. Yep. Uh, E in seamless stands for eating Eating. and drinking plenty of water. I didn't want to add an extra letter because I wanted it to be. A uh, stands for activity. So your three things that you mentioned are my first three things in seamless. And then the other ones deal with the other aspects that you also talk about, which we'll dive into. M stands for meditation. Uh, L stands for three types of love. You know, that's the book that uh, those who know me, you know, uh, that's the book that I deal with, the three types of love. 
I call it the new love triangle just because I think it's cute. Uh, it's loving yourself, loving others, and loving your day. So that became uh, kind of the uh, the love triangle for me. So seam L. E is for expansion and growth, and you talk a lot about that, you know, keeping your brain uh, healthy and uh, continue to grow as an individual. And the last two S's deal with sunshine and fresh air. And the last one is stress reduction. So when I read your book, or when, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you it, just found a better acronym. You found a good acronym for it. But that's absolutely, I agree, agree. Ding, 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 ding. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, I'm so happy that uh, that you're teaching this. I'm so happy that you have a book and you have another book that, that, that actually goes into the practical aspects of it. I'm so happy that you're applying all of these uh, techniques um, from your experience into the art form that I love. And that's you know one of the other uh, 20 reasons why I'm so excited to speak to you. Oh, thank you. What you're saying is completely making my day because it's my mission. Mm -hmm. And um, the fact that it's resonating with you is making yeah. my week. I mean, that's that's why I'm doing this is so people um, can learn from the mistakes that I made and that it's not just these cliches of, yeah, I know we're supposed to eat well. And, yeah, I know we're supposed to exercise that yeah. I said, OK, I'm not coming from like I'm perfect. And like I'm saying that you guys should do that and be perfect, too. I'm saying I did it everything wrong. I was a mess and a half. I was suicidal and fat and couldn't get myself to auditions and hated my life. But when I finally started eating well and moving and getting the sunlight and all the, you know, the seamless things that you just mentioned, which I might love that, um, then I started getting my act together. And then I, I was healthy enough and happy enough that I could start to be more creative and and show up for auditions and and get out of my own way and enjoy my life and be a, a more successful actor as well, you know, and be a working actor. Yeah, and uh, well, we're, we're about to kind of segment into the details of that, but what I really want people to understand is that um, the first thing that I heard when I came up with Seamless, and I'm, I'm sure you had the same thing when you came up with yours, is people were saying, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's nothing new, we know, we've heard about it, yeah. It's not supposed to be new. It's supposed to work on a daily basis. It's the things we know we're supposed to do it, and here's the way to know how to do it. And for me, Seamless became my constant companion. So anytime I feel out of balance, I immediately go and I try to say, okay, am I doing all of these every day? I'm not, what do I need to add? It became such an easy uh, thing to play with. Same thing for you, right? You know, How do you get in shape? Acting is something that is tremendously taxing on the system in a physical way, in an emotional way, in an energetic way. Uh, it's very, very difficult to do and to continue doing for a long time. So in order to be resilient, you have to be able to do these things really on a daily basis. So yes. please yes. do it, people. Uh, you know, buy, buy uh, Deborah's book start investigating in it and uh, buy the second one that has all the practical exercises in it and start going after it, please. Okay. Well, thank you. I, I think you're absolutely right. And one one things that you figured out is that when you have a checklist of specific things, it's much more easy to get it from this amorphous, I know I'm supposed to take care of myself, which is just kind of this blah, big yeah. general, but where do I start, you know? So that you broke it down into habits and a checklist, and that's what works. And, and my big thing is goals and daily habits and practices yeah. and figuring out, okay, what are my goals? I wanna lose weight, I wanna be happy, I wanna have three equity contracts, whatever it is. Yep. And then breaking that down into what are my daily actions that I will get the most bang for my buck. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a, I should eat better. Okay, what does that mean? That means I should have six glasses of water and carry my water bottle with me. Or it means I should, you know, I'm going to eat three servings of vegetables at lunch, whatever. Really break it down to specific what works for you. And I go through that process a lot in the planner because I was finding like, okay, what does that, you know, what does that mean? I know I should eat better. I know I should sleep better. I know I should, but I want to be specific. So when you can break it down into small, manageable habits, 
that like you said, if you do a little bit every day, you'll really get some momentum. You'll really see a difference. You'll start to spiral upward and, and feel better. And all of these habits and practices kind of feed on each other. You, you eat better, then you have more energy to exercise, which allows you to get more sunlight, which more, you know, then all of a sudden you're stacking these habits and feeling better. So I definitely go through the process in these books because I think it, you know, it's, there's a, where do, okay, where do I start? So yeah. let's break it down. Yeah, it needs to be practical. So I'm very happy that uh, that you have that second book follow up on it. All right. Um, so let's let's really kind of dive into uh, to the balance aspect of it. In order to be a resilient actor, as you put it, what are the you know important parts of it? I, I know we've mentioned uh, kind of sleeping, eating, and uh, and exercising, but what else is important for people to be a resilient actor? I think we haven't, I mean, you touched briefly on stress management. Yeah. Um, there is, um, you know, I'm I'm a meditator. I was resistant to meditating for a really long time. So I thought, I can't do that. I can't do it right. I'm ADD. Yeah. Um, the big turning point for me with meditation was when it was explained to me that you cannot not think. <laughs> You're going to think. Your yeah. brain is going to go. You can't stop your heart from beating. You can't stop thoughts from coming in your brain. That's what your brain does. You don't yeah. want it to stop having thoughts or else you're done. You're dead, right? So once I had permission that I wasn't trying to stop all thoughts and I wasn't a failure if I had thoughts, but you're just trying to slow them down. You're just trying to have little pauses in between the thoughts and practice those little pauses between the thoughts. I'm like, okay. So I don't suck at this. Like I and and you, it's a practice. You're learning how to do that. So once that was explained to me, I I was less afraid of the mat. You know, and so I do find that meditation is helpful. Um, I like to try to do it in the morning and then uh, when I can in the afternoon, just take a little break. You know, sorry, sorry, kids, mommy's mommy's checking out for a little bit. Or between shows, when I'm you know if I'm a two show day, between shows is a great time. I'm there. Are, been dressing rooms where I've had a, my own little nest under the wig table or something mm -hmm. and, and, you know, take a meditation, but that helps recharge and, and deal with stress and then have practice for when the stressful times come to be better at, at that. So stress relief, as well as exercise, uh, you know, therapy, uh, tapping like EFT, emotional freedom technique, tapping is, is a great gift for that. Havening, you know, warm baths. There's, there's a ton of, of modalities for stress relief you know, massage, touch, um, use them because they're, they're very valuable. Um, yeah. Finding predictability and making your own routines and patterns is, mm -hmm. is lovely because we are in a profession that uh, frequently is unpredictable and changes day to day. And yeah. um, giving ourselves a little certainty and routine is really nice. Having a morning routine, an evening routine. Um, and you can script those. You can decide what habits do I need to do every day that I absolutely have to get in and say, okay, with the first hour of my day, I'm gonna do 10 minutes of journaling and then five minutes of meditation and three minutes of sun salutations, whatever it is for you and write your recipe for your own routine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, you got me going. Um, and yeah, uh, social support. Social support yeah. is a huge one. Um, calling friends, having friends to call you, having your your knitting group, your yoga class, your walking group, your Zoom Zoom call, whatever it is, um, mm -hmm. but ha finding your team, finding a team that's not just uh, in the profession, because yeah. uh, they understand you and they understand what you're going through and they have your hours, but um, it's nice to have people who don't care if you book the, book the audition or not, and they don't care if you're on a series or if you can sing really high or whatever, you know, whatever success actors, they, they love you for you. So those are some of the things. And um, gosh, mindset um, is a huge thing. And, and um, you know, the caring for yourself stuff. I could keep going. And, um, <laughs> I want to do all seven hours of the audiobook for you. You can get the audiobook for that, but you yeah, got me. And going. by the way, we'll, we'll <laughs> link the audiobook as well. Uh, that's out, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I did it last summer and it's out. It's on Audible. And uh, in fact, I have a few 
copies. I know some people are having some financial hardships right now. If you email me through the website, through deborahwanger.com, I have a few uh, pro bono gratis copies of the, I, I have some promo codes to send out for some people who would, if anybody in your audience is interested in a free copy of the audiobook. That's my my gift for, for yeah, people who are having hard times right now. That's that's very kind of you. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, you do what you can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you mentioned EFT. Um, you know, on your bookshelf behind you, and on my bookshelf to my left. You know, I'm sure both of us have that book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I've been. I love tapping. It's very helpful, yeah. you know. And uh, and uh, that the tapping solution, emotional freedom technique, TFT, which is a slightly different version of, but. It's amazing um, for those of you who are not familiar. It's, it's you know tapping on acupressure points to help uh, move emotional stuck places. It's great for shifting beliefs and getting through stress. And yeah. I love it. Um, okay, you've uh, you've mentioned something that uh, I think is really uh, well. Aside from everything being really important, you've mentioned something I want to talk about a little more. Um, in terms of uh, you know, I, I think it's probably a little more stress-related, but it's uh, it's cross uh, to everything. Uh, you have things that are draining you, and then you have things that are charging you. And you've mentioned charging. I think that's that's how I uh, I kind of uh, you know hung on to that. Uh, that was a really important realization for me, and that's why you know it's it's tough right now. But I stopped watching a lot of the news because I noticed that it was draining me. Uh, I'm I'm an empath. I, I keep talking about it. People have heard me before, but you know, for me, <clears throat> it's difficult uh, because I pick up on everything, and I don't want to. There is so much negativity out there. I have to really kind of protect myself. Uh, otherwise, I feel drained. So, what uh, for the people who are not sure what drainers and chargers are, uh, I want you to uh, dive a little bit more into that. Well, I started with the metaphor of a battery. We all understand like having a cell phone battery or, you know, yep. um, and that you can charge your battery and then just use drains your battery. Mm -hmm. And like you said, watching the news is a, is a, is a drainer. And I also have chosen uh, to stop watching the news. Yep. Um, once in a while, I'll check a headline or a Google or whatever. Um, but that's so much negativity and, you know, the images that it puts in my head. It just, it scares me, the, you know, it's, and, uh, and I can, I'm perfectly capable of feeling lousy about the world on my own. I don't need other people to add to that. Um, it's like putting, you know, negative commercials in my brain. So I've stopped watching the news, but I've even realized that too much Facebook gets me to the same place. Um, mm -hmm. I love Facebook. I use it as a tool. It's great for promotion and connecting with people. Um, but it also can wear me down. So I have to kind of put limits on my social media use. Uh, because that can or try to click on all the positive, happy things. So Facebook will show me more of that and less of the the fear and anger and um, and all that. But um, I mean, this is a great journaling exercise. There's exercises in the book for this as well. But to think about what makes you feel good and what makes you feel lousy. And some of these are obvious and some of them aren't as obvious. But if you realize, you know, when I drink water or when I go on vacation or when I have a massage or when I do a yoga class or when I watch a movie that makes me laugh, those give me more energy. Those charge me up, you know, or when I talk to Aunt Clara and she brags on me about, you know, you didn't you didn't call me this week or whatever. It's like that's a little bit more subtle. Right. Like I'm not saying that Aunt Clara is automatically bad, but to maybe say. Just gonna have it limit my exposure to Aunt Clara a little bit because that's something that drains me a little bit. So there's mm -hmm. there's people, there's activities. Uh, you know, if I if I eat sugar, I feel, that's a major drainer for me. Uh, when I talk to negative people, when I um, watch too much Netflix, um, you know, again, that's a great tool, but it's you know, it's a time suck. You know, so th things like that. So it's a great. Um, great way to journal and, and start thinking about keeping a list. What do I, what drains me? What charges me? And then maybe what might drain me and what might charge me, even if I'm not sure. Um, and then, you know, can you do a little bit more of the charging stuff and doing a, less, a little less of the draining stuff? Like sunlight is a, you know, you mentioned that that's a great one. Um, they're so, you know, we're, we're meant to be in the sun 
not 24 seven, but we're, we're meant to have sun on our skin without sunscreen for, you know, for some of that time. And uh, mm. there, our bodies need it. And it, you just feel good. I even read a study recently that it might even help with fat loss if you're exposed to, to sunlight. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Well, it makes sense. Again, it's it's vitamin D, and then it goes, uh, you know, from there, and uh, the uh, the body chemistry. Uh, uh, so it makes sense to me. Right, uh, and there's I, optic uh, sensors in our eyes that help with our circadian rhythm. There's so many, and there's mm -hmm. a ton of stuff we don't even know of why it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's uh, what's your favorite charger that is not you know in the traditional sense like meditation or or uh, or rest? What's your favorite uh, that uh, people will be like, okay, that's an interesting one. What's your favorite charger? I, oh, well, if I, I, snuggling with my dog. Okay. Snuggling yeah, with my dog great. is a great charger. Um, yeah, I mean, and then I've been really being charged lately by jigsaw puzzles, you know, because we're kind of, you know, we're yeah. we're doing this interview still in COVID times. Hopefully soon we'll, by the time people are listening to this, it won't be. And that'll be old news. We'll be looking at right. it like shoulder pads in the 90s. But, um, you know, jigsaw puzzles and that that feeling when you get a piece in and it clicks, you know. Um, yeah. Hugh Jackman was talking about that. Uh, I heard him on a podcast. And that's an amazing podcast he did. Um, but he talks about that that jigsaw puzzle thing. I'm like, yes, I have that. And that when you find the right piece for the right spot that you've been searching for for a long time, it's very satisfying. <laughs> so that's a little... Yeah geeky but that's snuggling my dog hugs for my children um uh massages uh epsom salt baths now i'm getting a little bit more like yeah 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 we know those right but yep. um having a great I, podcast a, a conversation with a like-minded person that's a that's very satisfying thank you. thank you i appreciate that and likewise for me um i found that my charger is uh, is watching musicals so um if if i feel down if i feel drained uh, I come, I turn on a musical, and within you know 10, 15 minutes, uh, I'm charged up again. There you go. Is there a particular one that that's your go-to? Uh, it's you know more light-hearted ones. You know, I'm not talking. Not Sweeney Todd. I'm not talking Les Mis. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm talking more. Uh, I'm talking more. Uh, you know, singing in the rain uh, type of musical. So the older, kind of the older, lighter uh, type of uh, musicals. Those are the ones that just have a very different energy to them. And it's just all sunshine. Uh, and again, on an, on an energetic level, it's very high level frequencies. These are the types of things that just charge me, uh, charge me right up. Yeah. I'm okay. with y'all. <laughs> Moses cool. poses, his toes are roses. Oh, yeah. God. So that's, you know, I grew up, uh, in a way I grew up on musicals. Uh, when, I, when I came to the United States, I was 14 years old. And my Americanization process was watching Major League on the plane. Um, it was uh, DuckTales, it was Cubs games, and musicals. That's my kind of American immersion. So, uh, <laughs> you know, what you see is why you're seeing. I have the same disease. I actually got my master's degree in musical theater. So I am musical theater geek through and through. So no argument there. Yeah, uh, we have, uh, by the way, and uh, you'll appreciate this from the north side perspective, uh, there are a lot of oh, incredible theaters in Chicago, but we're a little far from downtown and we can't always make it out there. So we go to uh, Lincolnshire Marriott Theater, uh, which is a small, wonderful theater. Uh, everybody can see everything and you're almost at the stage level. So a high level production quality there. That's, uh, that's where we go all the time. Yeah, good memories. I also used to attend the North Light Theater uh, frequently. And I remember they had a bunch of people who hadn't quite come up yet. John Mahoney was a regular there. Megan yeah. Mullally was a regular there. Like a bunch of people who, you know, yeah. it was so that, thank you, mom, for those that subscription. It was I got exposed to a lot of great, great theater there. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about your coaching, because um, as as all of the actors know, uh, we need to most often have a uh, have a flexible day job, if you will, um, or have another another method of uh, you know supporting ourselves uh, because acting is a very weird uh, industry. So uh, for you, you do teaching and you do coaching. So yep. uh, let's talk about your coaching. 
Uh, it's another thing that we have in common, but I'll focus less on me and much more on you. <laughs> well, since you're my long lost twin, apparently. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um, I'll call mom and let her know. Um, I, my health journey um, and kissing all my, the frogs to find a way to, you know, lose the weight and feel better and, and all that. I, I, um, I stumbled on the work of Dave Asprey and the, the bulletproof guy. And mm -hmm. uh, he had a, he started a coaching program. Um, I actually helped a friend of mine lose 80 pounds, just oh informally goodness. coaching this friend. Um, he wanted to know what I did and I helped him with what I did. And he, he's like, you're really good at this. You should be a coach. And I said, well, if Dave ever has a program, I'll be the first one to sign up. And Dave started a coaching program and I was in the very first class that, of coaches. Nice. So I was in the, like the first 50 people that he ever certified. And that was a deep dive into all, all the stuff we've been talking about, not specifically for actors, but nutrition, stress relief, um, supplementation, uh, different kinds of tech biohacks, you know, meditation, brain science, all that. It was a really deep dive. It's like 10 months intensive uh, learning. And then I got certified as a coach and I decided to start with a community I know which is actors and start working with creatives. I will work with other people as well, but that's my experience and that I, I understand that. So I started working with actors and creatives and, and theater students, helping them navigate the profession. And uh, I primarily coach people on video and uh, you know, do I've been using Zoom for five years, so I'm right at yep. home. Um, and, uh, and that led to the books and, um, public speaking and um, I do uh, work with with some classes virtually as well um, so I'm transitioning right now to help uh, do you know Q&A sessions and stuff with with universities with with uh, theater educators who are are looking for online content that I'm working with you know I'll talk to their students and do you know do workshops virtually now but um but yeah so I do one-on-one -on -one coaching work with students and that led to the books and kind of all this gestalt um, of being an actor and trying to help actors not make the same mistakes that I did. That's wonderful. Um, uh, coach to coach, when, when you started out, and one thing that I found extremely frustrating for a little bit was I'm used to giving advice. As people know me, I like to talk and I really want to help people. And coaches are not that. Coach is not somebody who gives you advice. Coach is somebody who listens and asks questions. I found that very frustrating at the beginning. Did you have the same uh, you know, problem being my long lost twin? What exactly do you mean by that? Now, can you elaborate Thank on that? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Nice, nice yeah. redirect. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are definitely times where you wanna just say, okay, just do this. Well, you know, I'll save you money. I'll save you time. But I mean, we have that in all of our relationships. Like I talk to friends and you're just like, just break up with him already. But you can't say that, right? You know, you have to let them have their process and whatever. So yes, I do find that frustrating. I will say I don't never give advice. If somebody really says, what should I do? What should I eat? How do you know? What did you do? I will answer. Yeah. So I'm not going to just ask questions. But it, yes, it is. It's frustrating to let people have their process. But I think I went through the same thing as a parent too, or and as a teacher, that people have to learn things for themselves um, in their own time, in their own way. And sometimes that's really fast. Sometimes it's one session and they they get it. And sometimes it's hours and um, you know, it, it you need to let them have their process. You know, you can't say to your kid, just walk. You know, they yeah. have to stumble and learn to walk and whatever. And and uh, but yes, it is definitely it's a it's a frustration that you yep. can't just say whatever you want whenever you want and just stuff it up and just do this. So yeah, and okay. the, the uh, answers I'll, for us are not always the answers for everybody else. Of course, and of course. It, you know it's that whole internal external people. If people come from the the answers come from themselves, it's going to be much more authentic than somebody just telling them what to do. Doesn't yeah, do and they have to get it uh, until you get it, and until it makes sense to you, it doesn't matter. And when um, it's it's so interesting to me uh, that you know when people look and say there are so many self help books and they're all the same. No, they're not. And even if they were the same, 
it's up to the person reading that fifth one that they finally find something that get it now. Does it matter that uh, other people are using different language? It doesn't, as long as that one works for that one person. Everything it's else. the right key for the right lock. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just different ways of different people are going to speak to you. Like there's a lot of men out there. I'm not going to marry all of them. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> that could get really confusing. All right. I mean, different, different people uh, will resonate and, um, and same thing with writers and a lot, you know, that there are only so many truths in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and most things, most religions, most self-help, most boils down to a lot of the same values and truths. Right. Don't be mm -hmm. a jerk. Right. Take yeah. care of yourself. Find a way to love yourself, you know, show yeah. some respect once in a while. If you make a mess, clean it up, right? But there's, um, but there, different people are going to say it in a different way, or you're not ready to hear it the first seven re times you read it. Yeah. So, yeah. The other thing is I, I've had the habit of reading a book and saying, though, wow, that's great. I'm going to do that someday. And then putting mm -hmm. it down and never picking it up again, which is how the workbook came about. It's because it's okay. Now we're going to do it and I'm going to help you. And this is how I would answer the question. And now it's your chance. And like, let's spell it out and actually break it down to try to help yeah. you actually do it. Uh, my recommendation, by the way, if, uh, if you want to do that as a next step is to put together a course uh, or to do some uh, online uh, things where you're guiding people through it. I did that with seamless and I took two uh, or three groups uh, with me through the whole process. And again, it's uh, the way that I the way that I did it is you know it's eight uh, habits and it's one uh, habit per week and you're building as you're going up because it takes at least 40 days for anything to uh, to become really second nature and to sink in. So doing that uh, was really helpful and then I really saw results because you're able to you know keep people accountable. You can measure things and you can get that done. So the book is awesome. I'm sure some people will do it. But if you put together a course or you put together a group, uh, those are the things that will, uh, you know, help them stick it out for as uh, for the proper duration of time. That's a great idea. We should talk. We should talk more offline because that okay. is on my list of of the new the next frontier of is you know yeah. helping being able to get even more in depth and more individualized and answer questions and mm -hmm. you know, be one with the people. Talk to the people. Talk Hear the people, the people sing. Yep. <laughs> All right, a um, few more things on acting and kind of getting back to that. Uh, and, and then um, um, I'll, I'll stop uh, asking questions of my long lost twin. Um, <laughs> in, in terms of your, uh, your you know, really interesting uh, acting career, just from the pure acting perspective, uh, you've been on stage a lot. You've done uh, a, ton of, uh, a ton of productions uh, kind of all over the country. Um, what... From the acting methodology, you know, what would you uh, subscribe yourself to? What is your acting way that you found really works for you? Hmm. I don't know if I have a formal school. I mostly do musicals. Right. And at this point, I have committed to just doing stuff locally because I've got kids and it's just yeah. too, too bananas to try to be gallivanting unless I can magically fit it into vacation schedules and all that. Um, or, you know, there's a part for all of them. Um, so I've been I've been working in Southern California, um, which is yeah. a vibrant community. So there's there's plenty to do. And I've been focusing on on doing theater for the same reason that it's um, not your agent calls you and says, can you be in L.A. in two hours? It's like, no, I can't really. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know if I have a, a distinct methodology. I think um, I. You know, it's not like a method or I'm this or I'm that. I, 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 it's in the script. The answers are in the script. The answers are in the lyrics. I think, you know, the, it, I heard, I, I heard someone say that, you know, the playwright is the creator, the actors and the director, they're the recreators or they're, they're storytellers, but they're not the creator. The creator is the, is the playwright or the lyricist or the composer. They're the, they're the creators. So they, the answers are there. So it's in the script. And then it's, you know, finding those places in myself that the commonalities of, you know, how would I react in that situation? How, you know, how would I deal with that? How would I feel if that were me? And um, 
but yeah, I, you know, asking a ton of questions and and just go back to the script, go back to the script. You know, a well-written script, it's all there. It's all there. Yeah. So. Wonderful. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. um, next is is you know from the acting perspective, and because you you spent some time in LA, and I think you worked for CAA when you were there. I did. Um, I was there when Ovitz was there. It was a very exciting time. <laughs> yeah. So what's uh, things that you're allowed to mention? What's the weirdest uh, thing that ever happened to you uh, from your you know entire kind of uh, wealth of acting knowledge? Um, as 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 an actor, you know, or I as, as working that. as a in, in the agency, you wanted something weird. Uh, let's make that a two-parter. So <laughs> the, the weirdest in the agency, and then the weirdest to you as an actress. Okay. Um, gosh, as an actor, I've been on stage when cell phones have gone off. I've had people stop the show. I've had an earthquake. Um, I've had a fire drill. That was fun. I was doing a matinee of Man of La Mancha. The fire drill, the fire alarm went off. The entire cast and audience all went into the parking lot because it, it turned out that there was, you know, something tripped it. it we were, everybody was fine. And they, they established there was no fire. And uh, we all went back in and just resumed with the show. It was, but it was like the fourth wall was toast because we'd all been standing around in the daylight in costume in the same parking lot. So that was a bit of a, a jarring one. I don't know if that's the weirdest thing, but um, uh, you know, and uh, audience members who've had heart attacks and you know, oh, I was doing my show. Though one of the one of the cast members was an EMT, so that was helpful. So he went and helped the person. You know, we've had. <laughs> stuff you know, live theater live, you know life happens so yeah. um oh and uh i was once dive bombed by a bat doing theater a bat flew <laughs> on the stage that's gonna that's fun that's awesome. um okay weird stuff from celebrities um well i don't know if this is weird but it's it's an embarrassing you want to hear an embarrassing story about me and sean penn absolutely okay so this was before everybody was texting constantly and like anything you want to do, you can just text somebody. So somebody yeah. got on the phone. I don't remember who some big deal producer wanted to talk to my boss. So I had to track him down when he was in a meeting. So I'm pretty new at CAA. It's this like, it's like the Guggenheim, like the old building looked like a spaceship, very confusing, circular and multiple floors and whatever. And lots of, you know, very streamlined, lots of, lots of doors. So I'm, I'm freaking out a little bit because this high power producer needs to talk to my boss right away. So there's, you know, TikTok pressure. So I'm, I've got, I get write it down on a note and I'm looking for this conference room. I'm looking for, so I, I go to this conference room. I think it's supposed to be conference room C, I think. Someone says he's in conference room C. So I open the door to what I think is conference room C. And there is Sean Penn and a couple agents in their suits. And they all look up and look at me like, idiot. And then they go back to what they're doing. And I'm like, sorry. And I close the door. So I was like, okay, that was the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me. I just totally made a fool of myself in front of Sean Penn. Yay. Mm -hmm. um, so then I'm like, but I still got to find my boss. So I'm running around, running around, trying to find it. And I'm asking everybody, where's the conference room? And they're like, it's this way. And it's that door and go around this one through that kitchen. And so I'm going through. And then I finally find the door to what I think is conference room C. I open the door. It's the other door to the same conference room. <laughs> and Sean Penn just looks up and busts out laughing. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, I mean, he was lovely, but he just thought, it, and they just laugh, and I just close the door. I'm like, okay, now that is the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened. The first one was, was nothing. So I did eventually find him. I don't know where, but so Sean Penn, thank you for, for being patient with me that time. But, you know. <laughs> so that was the time I am totally humiliated myself in front of the Sean fan. So wow, that's that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. Last question: If you had a chance to give uh, one piece of advice to a young acting version of yourself, what would that advice be? Oh man, one is making me pick one is hard because that was a whole book for me. Yep. Um, but I guess if I had to just, uh, boil it down and, you know, distill it into the one, one piece of advice is, is, uh, get yourself together, uh, find ways for you to be happy and resilient and balanced. Um, and whatever, whatever help you need, 
Uh, there's absolutely no shame in it, but uh, whether it's it's therapy or the 12-step group or self-help books or tapping, whatever, there's so many resources now, but, but um, strengthen yourself as a human first, and then you'll have the strength and the grounding and the stability and the resilience to bring that to acting that don't don't start at the acting and hope that that will make you happy find your happy first and then go into acting i would say that perfect i love that find your happy first um that i think will be the title of this uh, segment awesome yes thank you um thank you deborah thank you uh you know whether you are my long lost twin or uh, just uh, a twin flame or whatever energetic equivalent we can put on it. Uh, although I think twin flame has a different connotation, which is not where I was going with it. Um, That's a different kind of love triangle, yeah. I, I think so, yeah. Um, it's really uh, nice to, uh, to speak to somebody who I am so aligned with on uh, so many levels. It's, it's really a pleasure. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a thrill to, to speak to uh, a like-minded individual. So it was, a, it was a pleasure. Thanks, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And thank you for everybody for uh, tuning in. Uh, thanks for uh, putting up with me and all of my stories. You know I'm not gonna stop. Uh, thank you for uh, for checking out all of uh, uh, Deborah's information. I really do encourage you to uh, to look at the book and everything else. Um, thanks, you know, share, comment, uh, tell me what you really think. Really appreciate it. <laughs>